Hi, this is Tom Capone. It's April 15, 2019, and I'm with Erwin Leibowitz at the Oceanside Library, and we are here to talk about Erwin's life story as part of my life story podcast. I want to thank Tony Iovino and the Oceanside Library for opening its doors to us to allow us to engage in what I know is going to be a meaningful conversation. Welcome, Erwin. Thank you. And, and thank you uh, for agreeing to be a part of this conversation today. My pleasure. So, Erwin, um, why don't we begin? Um, you, you live in Oceanside. How long have you lived in Oceanside? About 13 years. And um, where did you move from? Brooklyn. And Actually, I moved from Bayside when I was married, but I was born in Brooklyn. Okay. And how is it that you located, or, or relocated, I should say, to Oceanside? Well, after my wife passed away, I was living in, in Bayside. She, my daughter said, well, why don't you come find the house for the Frost and family? So she started searching, and she found the house in Oceanside, and we bought it, and I've been there since. She's upstairs, I'm downstairs. Okay, and how's that working? So far, so good. I think that that's a wonderful thing. I grew up with my grandparents right next door to where I grew up, and I could not ask for a better childhood. My, my brother and sisters and I, had a wonderful relationship with our grandparents, and we were very fortunate. So I'm sure that your granddaughter and your daughter fully appreciate and understand what a gift that is. Oh, they do. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're upstairs now with their, um, with their three cats and a dog, which is, which is fine. And I just uh, was working and um, come home. There's always something, always something to say and always a, a conversation to have, and it uh, made, us, made us very close. Good. Now, you, you moved from Bayside, but you grew up where? In Brooklyn. And, and describe what life was like growing up in Brooklyn for you. Well, Siblings, family, you know, parents, relatives, friends. Well, my parents, uh, they had this apartment in Brooklyn on Shawnee Avenue. And uh, my aunt lived right next door. We had another cousin living downstairs. And the, uh, my uncle, Michael Joe, owned the owned Uncle Joe owned a bakery in, uh, in Brooklyn called Strickoffs. They've been there for many, many years, and they've expanded. So growing up there with the cousins and going up there with friends, it was wonderful. I went to PS 135, um, graduated and finally went, I went to Erasmus Hall High School, where I started, where, where I started in laziness. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, it ended up becoming a cheerleader for one, for one reason or another, because there weren't any girl cheerleaders in Erasmus, so I became a cheerleader. And, uh, I started working, I was in a band. I still played the double B flat sousaphone and in the orchestra for the same thing. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was a nice four years mm -hmm. to be there. Unfortunately, I was um, too interested in just being a, uh, a show-off little kid. And in addition to that, I was a very fat little kid. And to, to a point that when I graduated high school, I, was weighed, I weighed well over 300 pounds. Later on to become well over 400 pounds. And uh, so getting out of school and then uh, started going to night school, went to night school in Brooklyn College, went to night school in Pace College. That didn't work out, so I went to work. Mm -hmm. Started off in the mailroom at General Electric, became a credit manager, worked there for a couple of, for, for 17 years, left, went out on my own, and suddenly I got interested in sales. Be before we get into that, Erwin, I, I just want to go back to what you said. Sure. That you, you said it, and it wasn't really exaggeration, you literally were in excess of 400 pounds, and now you look you look great. You're almost 80 years old. You're going to be turning 80 years 80. old, May 14th. And 
Erwin is sharing a picture right now. And um, he had, I, he has lost a significant amount of weight. So how did you do that? What, what was the decision that led you to do that? And how have you maintained looking the way that you do now, which is great? I went to, uh, after many years of going to different, different diets and all that, which I didn't work. And then I ended up going into the 12-step program. And I started uh, getting involved in what, why I was, uh, why I couldn't stop eating and what was I turning to. And I was eating, I was an emotional eater, so I ate whenever I was upset, which was quite often. Mm -hmm. And turned out that uh, I started to study what the 12-step program was all about. And as a result, I made the decision to stop eating the way I was eating. And the list goes on that I stopped eating any kind of processed sugar, beef, uh, I don't drink, uh, no soda, mm -hmm. <laughs> just, just just basic healthy food. Mm -hmm. And after about uh, being in the program for about, I'd say, um, uh, 30 years, the weight, the weight started coming up and uh, I ended up losing well, well, over, well over 250 pounds and I've maintained it now for the last uh, maybe 10 years. That is an amazing story. You look wonderful. Thank you. And I'm sure that you feel... I feel alive. Great. Because in, 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 get, in eating the way I eat now, and uh, by the way, at that, unfortunately I was a smoker, so I get up in every morning and I have myself a puff of, uh, of Brio for my COPD, which is under control. Mm -hmm. And that's the only medicine I take. And I, the doctors have, are amazed that at the age of 80, I have no medical problems whatsoever. And I do it because, uh, and it's all due to the food. And, um, you know, Is there an exercise regimen that you're, you take part in also? I, I do a little bit of walking, but it, it's mostly what I don't eat mm -hmm. and what I do eat that has allowed me to maintain the, uh, the weight loss. My, I told you uh, before we started recording that my father is 91 and, and somebody asks him, what is his secret to longevity? He said, just keep moving. Oh, absolutely. And as a 61-year-old now, I subscribe to that. I, I try to keep busy, try to keep moving, and it sounds as if that's something that you believe strongly in also. I just, uh, it's, it's, as, much as, he, as much as exercising is that important, it's, uh, it's what, I, what I consume is the, is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Because when I, uh, most people who are obese usually have emotional difficulties, which make them that food satisfies them. You know, mm -hmm. when, they, when they feel upset, the food makes them feel, the safety comes around and they feel better. Uh, I overcame that. Mm -hmm. And I realized that no matter how I feel, I just uh, don't touch what I shouldn't be eating, and I don't. Was there a significant um, event or something that, that took place where you said, this is it? As of today, this is, I'm, I'm going to... It, uh, well, when I went into the 12-step program, I started uh, seeing what was going on there and, and the program. Um, I started working basically the, the tenets of the 12-step program, but at the same time, uh, I, was, uh, I was not... as An alcoholic who, just, who doesn't drink is not necessarily a recovered alcoholic mm -hmm. because he's, he's, he's a dry drunk. Mm -hmm. uh, a person who goes on a diet and, uh, and, and, and thinks that's the answer, that, then that's, that person usually gains the way back. But when you, when you take life seriously and you, and you know that the rewards are much uh, greater than the, uh, 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 than the problems, you, I just don't do it. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just 
amazing because aside from the uh, you know losing the weight and looking a lot better and feeling a lot better, um, I know that this is the urges that come about, which are still there, mm-hmm. are not fulfilled because I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a champion of the first bite. That uh, that first bite mm-hmm. is, is the worst that you could do. Yeah. And I know. And the amazing thing about it is about about sugar is, which is the big thing for me, is that uh, if I should accident, I I read labels like, forget it. But if any time of sugar is ever getting into my system, immediately my face will turn flush and uh, and my tongue will tingle. Mm-hmm. So I know I better I know it stops. That's and, it. Been, and it's it's a, it's a wonderful uh, uh, warning system. Mm-hmm. And and just uh, and it worked. It's worked for now for about uh, forty four years. Right, um, and, and I imagine that it takes a significant amount of uh, perseverance and discipline and dedication and all amazing attributes for anybody to have. But uh, all of those things together make you uh, the role model that I am sure that you are for others in your family or in your group of friends. Well, it's become, it's, it's now so natural that it's not even, you know, in here, here I'm talking about it, but it's just something I live every day, and mm-hmm. it just doesn't, it doesn't come into, into, into play. Right. And what it's allowed me to do, and while I was in that weight situation, I was, I went on, actually, I went to, I went on stage, and I started working with the Bud Freeman at the Improv, and, and, uh, and I started working at the Catch a Rising Star. With, uh, when you say started working, in, in what capacity were you I, working? I, I put an act together. You were. I was a you fat, performed. A fat comedian, and uh, so I went I, in, in the seventies. I went to cat. I went to Catch a Rising. I bet Star. I saw you. I, my friends and I used to go to Catch Rick, a Rising Star Rick with Newman. Rick Newman was there. But you know who the, um, the the host was? A number of times that we went there was Richard Richard Richie, Belzer. I, Richie Belzer. Richard Belzer from the uh, in, in in the uh, what is it? Impossibles. The uh, what was the name of the group he had? Richie, the uh, Untouchables. Uh-huh. That was his, that was his, his group before he became a television star. But was he the host at any time no, that no, you no. were there? Uh, usually they had different hosts, but mostly the the the, the pro comedians would go up and to work out new material. And when they're finished, the uh, the newcomers would come in, and I would be there, and I do my uh, I do my fifty ten minutes, and uh, get off the stage and. Hope, hope for the best. Well, Erwin, you know that I have to ask you. Is there any material from your experience at Catch a Rising Star that you can share that's suitable for our listening audience now? All right. <laughs> like basically, you know, like I said, my, uh, I used to go under the name of Treby Lee, and I used to tell my audience that uh, my name is Treby Lee, and I said, you've all heard of Pinky Lee. Oh, I'm the rest of the hand. And uh, that was the one my mother used to used to bite me in hefty bags and she used to, she used to have twin cribs and she, when I got up she told me to eat because because children are starving in Europe so when I got rid of the children in Europe I went to work on to save the children of Asia and that was and it went on and when I went to school uh, teachers used to tell me to get in line when I was in line I got my first job I was a food tester but I had to quit there wasn't enough time to eat and that's basically what I used to, part of the, part of the And how long did you do this for? I did that there and at the improv for about a little over a year. Were there any acts at the time that you were there that went on to become household names that, that we would know? You name a comedian, he was there. I want to go. Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry didn't do it, but I had, but I had, uh, 
Oh, Andy Kaufman, yeah. Bitchy Belzer, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Newman. I mean, it was a whole bunch of, right. you know, and uh, Lee Boozler, mm -hmm. and you know, so it, a whole bunch of them. And uh, they used to come and do their record, Dangerfield. They used to sit in, used to sit at the table, and uh, I made my, I used to do my. Uh, Wait for, wait for the uh, chef salad, which was my pay for the evening. <laughs> I used to go out at about two o'clock in the morning, did my act, go home, uh, get a couple of not, a couple of hours sleep, and then go to work. And that was a, I did that for for a good year, and it was an amazing experience, mm -hmm. and I, I loved it. Do um, hints of that person, that person who stood on stage and made others laugh. Is that evident at all to your granddaughter or to uh, friends my and family? My granddaughter actually disappeared in, in, in a play over there in America at the uh, theater. She, she was a star in, in Godspell and she did very well. But, uh, you know, but to me it's always been, uh, I've always tried to, to be an entertainer. Mm -hmm. uh, when, I, when I left the toy business, which I was there for about, uh, oh, about 20 years, 25 years, and uh, Harry was, you know, retired and had nothing to do. And I said, "Let's let me let me go on." So I, uh, I have a good singing voice. I went ahead and joined the uh, Oceanside Chorale, and I, I got to the I went to the Steel Magnolias, and I went to the to the uh, Oceanside Senior Center mm -hmm. where I sing and perform. And uh, it's uh, it gives me a lot a lot of that's great a lot of things because I, I love to sing and I love to act and I love to uh, entertain. So where did that come from? That um, Wanting to entertain, I have to be an no entertainer. Idea. I always, I always, I always was. Uh, when you're heavy, I guess, you know, you always try to be uh, overcome it by being the center of attraction. Which, mm -hmm. as a show off, that's what I did, mm -hmm. uh, and it just continued all my life. And in my in sales, my customers used to always look forward to the the joke of the day and all that stuff. And I, mm -hmm. and now you know, it's to me right now today. I'm living in the. In a retired world, but I, I have a schedule that keeps me going from one group to the other, trying mm -hmm. to just, uh, you know, become somebody. And right. not that, which is uh, at this age, you know, what just right. want to stay somebody. Right, right. Um, so you you grew up in Brooklyn, yeah. moved to Bayside. Mm -hmm. um, when you were still in Brooklyn, how old were you when you left Brooklyn? Uh, we my moved to um, I, we moved to far. My parents moved to Far Rockaway back. When, just after I graduated high school, mm -hmm. and that's where I stayed. And then uh, uh, when they passed away, we uh, I met my wife, and we lived in we lived, had a, lived a house a house in Bayside. We lived there, and uh, she passed away uh, about fourteen and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, about a year after that, I met uh, the girl. My name is Debbie. I've been with her for 13 years now. She lives mm -hmm. in Baldwin, I live in mm -hmm. Oceanside, and we, uh, we become a thing. Well, just uh, let's back up again to how you met your wife. I, I, I'm sure that there's a story there or, or not. Uh, I met my wife actually at a, at a, actually at a dance, I think. And uh, mm -hmm. I know I met my girlfriend at a dance. Uh, I'm trying to think, I think, I think my wife might have been probably at a party mm -hmm. with her. And how long did it take before you popped the question? Um, about six months, six uh -huh. months, yeah. And we, left, we were married for about, for about as I said, we were, we were married for 20, uh, for 28 years. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, fortunately uh, diabetes took her and mm -hmm. went on. And you, you and your wife had a daughter? Yes. And uh, your daughter 
as a daughter. So the three of you are living together yes. in Oceanside now. Um, but it, it was your daughter's suggestion that you move from from Flatbush, no, from, uh, from Bayside, from Bayside yep. excuse me, to Oceanside. Were there other um, communities that you were looking at, or was there something specific about Oceanside? She found it was had a good good school system, mm -hmm. and uh, for, for her daughter, and she said, uh, let's, let's go for a house. So I looked around, and we found the house we're in now, and it's been fine. Erwin, I'm going to tell you that I've been doing a number of these interviews, and, and just about everybody that I've spoken to have moved from other areas, Brooklyn or the city, and they came to Oceanside because of the schools. Yeah. And we should all be very proud of this community oh, and, and the right. education that and our this, students get. And this library, and this library and this has library. been fantastic. Yeah. And the library has given me a good opportunity because I, I signed up for things like script reading and a few mm -hmm. other things here. Then uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's their activities are wonderful. This this library is so well managed, and it's just uh, it's just a pleasure. Well, one of the people that Richie and I interviewed uh, for our podcast that we're doing, the Power of Three podcast, we interviewed Tony Iovino. He's amazing. The, um, the focus for Richie and for me has been to interview people who have impacted the lives of others. Mm -hmm. and, and through Tony and through Tony's staff, the staff that is here in this library, they have really provided and continue to provide the residents of this community with amazing resources and amazing programs. And I'm happy to say that because of what the, the library does, it gets information out there, it's what brought you and me together this morning or this afternoon. In, in addition to that, I'm also a poet. So I've written a, an awful lot of poetry, and uh, they have here uh, poetry readings from the, uh, the, all the poets in Long Island, and I mm -hmm. come here usually on a Saturday afternoon, and I uh, do some of my poetry. That's great. Uh, in the toy industry that I was in, I began uh, writing poems every year for the for the toy industry, and from the from uh, 1995 to 2015, each year, I wrote uh, a, usually a very humorous poem about the toy industry, and uh, everybody wanted to see the copy of every every year. <laughs> I've kept them off, and uh, I, I read them at the library. Now. Anything that you remember? I remember everything. Yeah, I got there a tremendous amount of. But I mean, nothing that you could recite just off the top of your head. Well, Wait. we're going do into you, the archives here. Do you think I don't prepare myself? <laughs> I, uh, look see. at this. Right now, Irwin has a, uh, a folder with, I'm going to say, dozens of pieces of paper mm -hmm. that contain all kinds poetry. Of poetry all, all kinds of poetry. Days. He's looking for just the right one. All right, he selected uh, one. What, what is this you're going to share? This is from the year 2014. Okay. And, uh, I'm here, so let's get, let's get to going. Yeah. And say, once more I've been called upon to review the year in toys, the ones that teach and entertain and are craved by girls and boys. We begin with the Toy Fair, the most important show that once more was marred by Mother Nature, who sent us all some snow. It turned out to be a preview of what the year would bring when Disney released her biggest hit and a song we all would sing. So what was the property that filled the shopping carts, a frigid little princess and warmed our little hearts? Who would have believed that Bobby would end up in second place to a pair of shooting sisters and a snowman's silly face? By the way, Hello Kitty is now 45, and what do you think of that? Just in case you do not know, she's a girl, not a cat. But in case, and in case you live inland and cannot get to the beach, there's plenty of colorful sand that's not within our reach. And if you live in the south, skiing with this fun, you can toss the packaged snowball that will not melt in the sun. 
The Toy Hall of Fame has chosen to install three historic products that were known to one and all. Rubik's Cube has been named and was added to the list and it provides good motor skills while building up the wrist. What do we say about bubbles, the product that's so dear? What other toy gives us so much joy when they burst and disappear? Finally, green soldiers old, war is never fun. The play can build character and the battle can be won. So there you have it, 2014 is gone at last and the toys which dealt with climate are now in the past. What can we look forward to? What will we have to see? But in case you want to know what to expect, all I can say is, let it be, let it be. Erwin, that was great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, how long did it take you to, to write that? I usually can get a poem done in about an hour, an hour and a half. That really is something. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it really conjures up images, your poetry. And, and I was thinking also, the movie Toy Story. I don't know if that's something that you, did you ever see that with your granddaughter, yeah. or you've, you've seen no, that? No, I mean, I've seen most of the movies, but... Uh -huh. But as a toy salesman, I thought it would be of you know, particular interest, or...? Well, uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not the story, it's, it's the characters. Uh -huh. And uh, the characters, and, you know, everybody had, was buying the stuff for the, for the movie. Everybody mm -hmm. loved Frozen, so they kept on buying it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a good thing to put into the poem. Uh -huh. and, um, Thank you for... You didn't hesitate at all. When I asked if you had a, a poem, I you went right for your folder. I told you I would entertain <laughs> I mean, I'm singing now, in the, I am singing now in the Oceanside Corral, and mm -hmm. I'm singing now in, in, in the, uh, in, in the uh, they call it the Steel Magnolia uh, a group in, in Long Beach. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, sing, I sing in the, uh, in the Oceanside Senior Citizen group, of which I am 80 years old, and the kid. And it's, uh, That's the Oceanside Senior Center off of Rockaway? Area? Yes. So I don't know if you were there the afternoon or the morning, I should say, that School 2 chorus, members of the School 2 chorus, every year during the holiday season would, would go to visit the seniors at the, the were senior you, center. Were you out of this, this last year? I was there as a visitor. Didn't you see me sing? You were there? I sang White Christmas. The night I saw you sing. Oh Must my goodness. And how many years have you been doing that? Because I've been, the, I, I was this was the first year, This is the first year I've been there uh, at that group. And uh -huh. the kids were there and that was- with, I, with Stuart Waters. Stuart Waters. Right. The, and what happened with the, the other thing was that when I was about to go on, the microphone went dead. Uh -huh. So I had to stand up in front of the crowd and do, a, do a, an act. So I did a little comedy act for them. And you so kept them occupied while they were- And then I sang my song. So just so that you know, the school too, the yeah. Florence A. Smith Elementary School, every year for the last 30 years would bring the boys and girls of the course during the holiday season to the Oceanside Senior Center and, and this was the first year spread a I, holiday cheer. This was the first year that I was with, this, with the group and, mm -hmm. uh, and I was there to perform for that, the group. So we were in each other's company, unbeknownst know. to each other, and here we are. And now. later on, they, they, later on they, they, everybody goes to Livertown Hall where all the seniors groups mm -hmm. from all over Nassau County come Big celebration, and we all we all sing a holiday songs. Uh -huh. So I do that. That's wonderful. So acting, I'm singing, I'm, uh, I'm I'm taking my retirement very seriously, and whatever whatever talent I have, mm -hmm. I, I utilize it to the, to the best I can. You are an inspiration, Erwin. I appreciate that. And I, and I say that in all sincerity. You're a good role model. I am 61, mm -hmm. and I just retired, as I as I told you, and I'm looking to try to find things that are fulfilling and rewarding and gratifying to me. And doing what we're doing right now is, is one of those things. That's great. But, I'm, but I am inspired by you because you are doing things that you obviously love. 
that you're passionate about, and it, 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 you, you keep moving, you keep doing things that you love, that there's only, only good things can come from that. Well, and like I said, I'm, uh, I'm 80 years old, and, uh, and, and when I go to the doctor, you know, he sits and he marvels, he takes my pressure, he takes my blood pressure, and says, wow. You know, and uh, it's all in the food. Mm -hmm. It's always been in the food. It's also in the attitude. You know, mm -hmm. I look forward to each day going in, whether our rehearsals are, are Wednesday night or Thursday, and just to keep on, keep on acting, keep on, keep on uh, plugging away. So what are some other things? I mean, you've mentioned a lot in a short amount of time. You've mentioned things that you have an interest in and that keep you busy. Are there other things that you haven't shared yet that you could share with, with us? There's only, there's only 24 hours to worry about, so I figured that was a, that, that you've, sh you've shared plenty. I shared plenty. I yeah. mean, if I go, if I go to a, if I go to a meeting and I, uh, you know, and, and I go sa Saturday sometimes when I have the poetry here, mm -hmm. and I read the poems, different things, and I have a, I have a poem that I wrote. It's it's long one, so I don't want to take any more time if it, if time's running out. But I wrote a poem about uh, when I was uh, 20 years in the program, how it affected me and how I'm living. Mm -hmm. And uh, I read it, at, at mo if I'm going to a meeting and the people that don't know me, I will read that poem. Mm -hmm. It was published in the, in the book, the uh, magazine that, uh, you know, I mean, it's a 12-step program, it is an anonymity situation and all, but mm -hmm. uh, they've had that poem published. And, uh, so, Erwin, I'm going to say uh, that you are an inspiration, but when you were growing up, who inspired you? Where, uh, where were your sources of inspiration? I think probably everything just, just came to me. That is, uh, mm -hmm. when someone said, hey, you're funny, or hey, you got a good voice, you know, so I just, uh, just jumped on it and just uh, mm -hmm. did it, you know. And um, it's, it's who I am now, and that people will admire me, you know, I go to... When I go to the, uh, I belong to the uh, uh, group, the senior, not mostly senior citizens in, in the JCC in, over here on Oceanside. Um, I sing with them and I do, and I meet them Saturday morning at a restaurant and we, and we share jokes. Like there's mm -hmm. a fellow that uh, retired dentist, uh, Bob, is we go one on one, -on -one uh -huh. to tell, to tell, to tell uh -huh. different jokes and it's great. We should be taping those conversations. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you, you have some sources of inspiration, but what could you impart to others now? Um, what can you say to those who are just um, beginning a career or beginning um, their, you know, their education? Is there something, any life lesson or life lessons that you have that you can impart to those who are, you know, just starting out? If you, ha if you think you have a talent, and you want to use it to find ways to, to, to tell other people and impress it with it and, and, and work your way into whatever you need to work into. I mean, I started very late in life, so, you know, um, there are not that many acting roles for me, so I just go on and just do what I'm doing now. It's mm -hmm. just, uh, it, just, it keeps me busy, it keeps me happy, and if you, got, uh, if you feel you have a talent, by all means, do it. Mm -hmm. You know, work out. Go to go to different groups. Go to go to go to open mic uh, uh, situations that you have to go to. Uh, I got now with now with poetry. I go to a poetry reading, and people say my poetry is great. Hey, so I keep doing. So one of the things that I am pretty sure that you're aware of is that through the library or through Tony Ivino, um, the season is is coming upon us now, where the uh, Schoolhouse Green gazebo 
becomes a place yeah. for the community to gather, to hear others, to hear people in our community share their personal readings or poetry. Have you ever taken part in that? This year will be the first. I, I, I spoke to Tony, I think uh -huh. we're going to do some of it. Well, I'm going to try to uh, find out when you're going to be there and... and, and well, so I got I a, a new audience. Oh, yeah, great. you no. do. You have a fan. Thanks. You have a fan. I appreciate it. So, Erwin, I'm going to say that this has been a pleasure for me. Um, when we talked before we sat down and, and started recording, you said you had stories to share and you did not disappoint. You so have I'm wonderful stories. Happy you enjoyed them. And, uh, and I thank you for being a part of uh, Life Stories. Thanks for welcoming me. Thank you, Erwin. Have a good day. All right. So I want, I want to hear the quality of this.